0: Where I live. Intruder alert, intruder alert. Welcome aboard, Captain. Fighter pilots needed in Sector Wars. Play Astro Blaster. R2-3,
1: increase the power. Friends, thank you for joining us once again for the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast. I am your host, Vic Sage, and for this episode, I will be discussing the 1986 Bally Midway colossal monster multiplayer beat em up, Rampage. <phone rings> ago, Bally Midway developed and produced Rampage, an obvious ode to the classic monster movies of old, like King Kong, Godzilla, with maybe a small nod to the Wolfman as well, right? The two lead designers I have found credited are Jeff Nauman, as well as Brian Collin. Jeff has gone on record stating he did the programming on the game, all the software work. It was artists, Brian Collin, as well as Susan Perry, that appear to have come up with the genesis for Rampage. And, shockingly enough, friends, it's not to do with any of those monster movies I just mentioned. It turns out that both Brian and Susan were attending a trade show that ballet had sent them to. I assume this was in 1984 or 1985. They were impressed by what they were seeing in regards to the background animation in upcoming games. Returning back to headquarters, they shared their enthusiasm on how this moving background might help better their own upcoming titles. They were told, quite frankly, that it couldn't be done. As you might imagine, Brian and the others were curious as to why they couldn't also have background animation in their games. The answer was, well... How about you listen as Brian Collin explains it himself.
0: Well, first we said, why can't we? Well, our background is based on block boundaries. Everything's in rectangles. So we can't move that stuff And any, we can't move big portions of it. it we only had a little, limited amount of art. So the limitations, we went into a room and said, okay, what can we do that is moving in rectangles? And in the same conversation, in five minutes, a building smashing into itself, is moving a small area of the screen in a rectangular form, and that actually said, okay, then it's monsters. It's, you know, knocking down a city. This is going to be a riot.
1: The capability of rendering a building collapsing on itself does indeed seem to lend itself to a game featuring giant rampaging monsters. Furthermore, Rampage wasn't originally intended to be a three-player game. The idea the team was running with at the beginning was for the standard two-player setup. Going with three players, though, helped it nab the distinction of being the highest-earning arcade game up to that point. Of course, the fact that it was a blast to play certainly had something to do with its popularity, too. Real quick, Brian Collin worked on a few other arcade titles you were probably familiar with. 1982's Cosmic Cruiser... 1983's Spy Hunter and Discs of Tron. And another arcade classic involving quite a bit of punching, 1987's Arch Rivals. Susan Perry had a hand in Spy Hunter as well. Also, 1985's Sarge. But I was more interested in work she did on a 1984 arcade title that I literally never heard of before doing research for Rampage. It was called Crater Raider, a game where the player is a tank on a lunar surface, attempting to rescue hostages, battling other tanks, and moving about the surface by way of those open craters. I found a video on YouTube, and it looks like a pretty fun game. Jeff Nauman worked on many of the same games as Brian Collin, although of distinction he also worked on 1981's Satan's Hollow, as well as 1987's Xenophobe, another well-known three-player arcade classic. The sound on Rampage is credited to Michael Barlow, who also worked on Star Guards, which came out in 87. I bring this up as Rampage would also be offered as a conversion kit for that particular game. Friends, there are quite a few more folks who helped to bring Rampage to the arcades. I won't go into the rest of the staff, but between them, they worked on everything from Tron to Mortal Kombat 3. Some real arcade history from Bally Midway to say the least. Funny enough, I didn't encounter Rampage at that local showbiz pizza I ramble on about. No... The first time I came across the game was at a bowling alley in my neck of the woods. One that I am happy to say is still in business and doing quite well. At the time, I was in a junior bowling league. Was I an exceptional bowler? Nope. But I wasn't too shabby either. I was even able to get my own league of four other bowlers off the ground. Three guys and two girls. We knew we needed our league to have a name that would let others know, while we weren't the best, we would definitely put up a fight. Which is how, on the Junior League board in 1986, you could find the Combaticons listed. Yeah, we were big Transformer fans. And considering you could see the Justice League as well as the Ghostbusters on that board, I hope you won't judge us too harshly. All in all, there were 30 teams, or leagues. And I can tell you in all honesty, you haven't seen anything until you see five kids rush up from their seats and yell out... Combaticons,
0: transform to
1: I will swear on a stack of Bibles, friends, we actually did that very thing every weekend. We also called ourselves by Combaticon names. Onslaught, Swindle, Vortex, Blastoff, and Brawl. It, well, it was a different time. Anyway... One Saturday afternoon, once we had competed and lost again, we stopped into the little arcade at the bowling alley. It was more pool hall than arcade, but it did have a few video games like Galaga and Pac-Man. It also had some pinball tables. This bowling alley is the only place I've encountered that incredible Doctor Who pinball table. There were a bunch of teenagers crowded around Rampage, so we had to wait our turn. I should add, these were the types of older kids that were drawn in by not the bowling or video games, but by those pool tables. I guess what I'm getting at is we felt they would have no problems with roughing us up if we happened to crowd around them while they were playing. After about 10 or 15 minutes, they dispersed, and that is when my eyes widened. This was a game about monsters? While I've always been a King Kong fan, it was Godzilla that I played first. In our excitement to get a chance at the game, I didn't even notice the giant mutated lizard character was in fact a woman. Much less that the ape was named George, Godzilla, or the lizard was named Lizzie, and the wolf was named Ralph. Although, that would soon become pretty evident by the time I had lost my first game. I can still hear the laughter from my fellow combaticons as I transformed back into a human, a comically nude character who covered herself as she managed to slink off from the screen. There was no finesse or game plan to our style of playing at first. We didn't even realize that some items could hurt you. More on that later, or that by getting into a slugfest with each other's monsters that it was drastically shortening our game time. We were just having too much fun, doing what the game said on the marquee, going on a rampage. By the way, the origin of the names of the monsters, Brian Collin has gone on record as admitting there wasn't anything special about them. What I mean is they weren't named after friends at Bally Midway, etc. The artist has said that, of course, with Lizzie being a giant lizard, it just seemed natural that George lent itself to a possible name of a large ape, and that Ralph kind of sounded like maybe what a dog or wolf might growl if it could speak. On a whole, the gameplay for Rampage is pretty simple. The game tasks one to three players with controlling one of those mutated monsters by way of an eight-way joystick, allowing movement up, down, left, right, and diagonally in those directions. In addition, the players have a punch button as well as a jump button. The punch button obviously does what is described on the tin, useful for smashing in building windows and grabbing people and edible objects within, or to lay down a good-natured beatdown on your fellow monsters. A nice control feature in Rampage is, using the joystick, you can reach up or over while you're on one building to smash an enemy or do damage to an adjacent building. The jump button allows players to not just jump from one building to the next, it also allows you to avoid some obstacles on the ground level in later stages, such as large bodies of water. The goal of Rampage is to destroy 768 cities, either by managing to do enough damage to the buildings that they begin to collapse, or force the National Guard to detonate the building themselves, which occurs if you're taking too long to clear the stage. I should add that if a building is destroyed by the National Guard, players do not receive any points for that structure's collapse. When a monster is climbing up the side of a building, if you press the punch button, it smashes a hole in the face of the structure. This is how you can find food and items that will give you health or a points bonus. On the other hand, a player can pull down on the joystick and just lay into that punch button, which causes your monster to start knocking out the support structure of a building. This will absolutely cause a building to collapse faster, but doesn't give you the option of finding those goodies. Also, say you have to leave that particular building for a moment the cleared out sections, or floors maybe I should say, make it harder for your monster to climb the building, generally resulting in a humorous moment where your legs are pumping to gain traction. When a building begins to crumble, you have a few seconds to hit the jump button to get away from the building and land safely. If you're still clinging to the structure as it collapses, you will comically wave your arms in the air with your monster giving a panicked look and then fall to the ground, taking damage to your health in the process. The number of buildings on a stage vary as well, with cities known to have a larger population in real life having more buildings, of course. If you reach the 128th day, the players will come across Plano, Illinois, the only stage to feature less than three buildings. Brian has mentioned they did that because it was a small town, and just so happens to be where his friend and co-creator, Jeff Nauman, was born and raised. Here's a fun fact. Although Bally Midway didn't know it at the time, the Rampage development team managed to send out press releases to the cities that are featured in the game, letting them know their city or town was under threat of three rampaging monsters. Believe it or not, Brian Collin has stated that over 50 newspapers ran with it. Not that they truly thought their cities were going to be destroyed, but providing headlines like, quote, You too can destroy Peoria for 25 cents. I can't help but assume that management was miffed when they learned of this. But that is a lot of free press. So maybe they just chuckled over the initiative of the team and gave them a knowing wink. Your main threat in Rampage, besides an overzealous fellow player throwing punches left and right of course, is the armed forces of the National Guard. Whether it be from soldiers leaning out of windows of the buildings and shooting their rifles at you, or sometimes lobbing dynamite at you as well. There are helicopters that appear, swooping in to send down a barrage of bullets into your monster. Or even the threat of the military driving tanks onto the screen, which are capable of firing shells that do a good deal of damage. And worse, if a shell manages to hit you while you're climbing the side of a building, you will be knocked off and suffer damage from the fall as well. The fly in the ointment in Rampage is the pesky military, who are actually trying to save the civilians and drive off these horrible monsters. They are numerous, and in later stages, their combined shots and explosions really wear down the player pretty quickly. Heck, even from the very first level, you have to get to work taking down those buildings. Now, a monster can snatch a National Guardsman that is leaning from those windows and eat them for a little boost in health. More importantly, though, it stops them from attacking you. Or you can just throw a punch and smash in the side of the building where they're trying to hide to drive them off. You also need to be wary of those helicopters at the end of the level. When you're waiting for the next stage to begin, they can still attack you or be knocked out of the air for some quick points. Obviously, in a game like Rampage, score isn't really a big factor, at least not when I was playing it. When you snatch up a soldier and devour them, you'll get 50 points. By smashing a helicopter, you will earn 750 points, and the tank scores you 200 points. I assume the helicopters bring more points because they're more agile. One of my favorite things to do is to jump up in the air and smash a fist into them. That might sound silly, but I guess it's just the inner monster in me. I feel I should go into a little more detail on the enemies in the game. The soldiers can be grabbed in all manner of ways, not just when you're climbing the side of a building. Even if you happen to be jumping in the air and are within reach of a soldier hanging out a window... A quick press of that punch button, and you now have yourself a crunchy snap. You will remember earlier when I mentioned that the National Guard will take down a building themselves if you're taking too long to clear the stage. This is done when a brave soldier runs out in the middle of the mayhem you're causing and lays down a bundle of dynamite at the base of a damaged building. Now, if you're busy trying to stay alive, taking care of other threats, the smart strategy is to let the military have that victory. Or, if you have a good bit of health, you can take one for the team. Scoop up that soldier and the dynamite, or just the dynamite if you need to, and eat them up. Which results in what I would call a wicked case of indigestion, as your monster clutches their throat and breathes fire. When I was talking about first playing Rampage at the bowling alley, this is one of the reasons I assumed I was playing Godzilla. I would breathe fire every once in a while. It was my father who actually noticed that my health was going down after that action. The taking a hit for the team is really only of interest, I suppose, if you are trying to rack up a higher score. Otherwise, save your health when you can. The helicopters on later stages will begin to swarm you like mosquitoes, but they can do more than unleash machine gun fire on you. They are also capable of dropping a small bomb, which will do a great deal of damage to your monster or a building if it happens to strike a roof. The tanks, while they may not be as nimble as the helicopters, with those shots, friends, it's like they wait until you are just trying to jump over them. That shell will knock you back a couple of feet, then launching another shot into you. My recommended strategy for dealing with these foes is use the buildings. Climb up to the top of one building as quick as you can when you see the tanks appear. Then, leap off it so you can land behind the tanks. Smash them into the ground. Remember, you do not take damage from jumping off a building to the ground below, only if you fall. Okay, let's briefly talk about the types of vehicles you will come across in the game. Police cars will occasionally drive through the stages. You can earn a quick 750 points for bringing your fist down on them. However, just like the National Guard tank, they fire shells at you from their open windows. They are also a little quicker than the tanks, but the same strategy with dealing with these foes applies here as well. There are also pickup trucks, sometimes stationary, sometimes moving across the stage. You will earn 100 points if they are parked, 200 points if destroyed as they are leisurely moving across the screen, but you will net 750 points if you manage to crush them when they are dashing across the stage. The same applies for taxicabs. Remember though, they can't hurt you, they are worth the effort only for the points. Then there are the trains. These single cars are actually a hidden game within Rampage. Brian Cullen has explained before that when they were testing the game, they noticed that players would try to trap the train between each other and smack it back and forth. So they decided to make sure it would take multiple hits before it was destroyed. And it is definitely a laugh when you have two monsters basically playing a game of Pong with the train. For what it's worth, you will get 500 points each time you knock the train across the stage. There are special characters that appear in the game. Most fans call them civilians. There is a young woman, a businessman, and an elderly man. These characters can only be picked up safely by the appropriate monster. For example, George can pick up the young woman. Shades of Fay Ray and King Kong there. Lizzie is able to grab the elderly man, with Ralph being able to nab the businessman. When one of the characters appears that your monster can pick up, all you need to do is climb up to their window and hit the punch button. Your monster will hold the character, and your score will start to skyrocket. Earning you anywhere from 4,000 to 6,000 points. Eventually, though, your captives will grow tired of being kidnapped and start to reach up and sock you in the jaw. This will cause you to drop them, and they will attempt to escape off to the right or left side of the screen. If you are quick enough, you or a fellow player can snatch them back up, earning 500 points this time, as you eat them. There is another reason to do this, however, beyond the points. When a monster has a civilian in their hands, the National Guard will literally disappear as to avoid harming them. This doesn't seem to always be the case, though, for the helicopters. Still, in particular, if you're playing with two to three players, this will buy your fellow monsters time to start going to town on the buildings. If a monster attempts to pick up a civilian that isn't theirs, they merely eat them and gain 500 points. Another civilian that any monster can scoop up and eat is the fisherman. He sometimes appears on stages with bodies of water, naturally. You want to wait until he manages to finish fishing though, by bringing up a mermaid who sits in the boat with him. Then he will immediately start to row off to one side of the screen. But if you manage to get to them, you will be 750 points richer. There is also a person attempting to hide in a manhole. Any player can wait for him to pop his head up and snatch him up. This will also cause the lid of the manhole cover to go bouncing across the stage. With multiple players, you can actually engage in a game of keep-away, punching upwards as the manhole cover is descending, which shoots it back up in an arc in the air, earning you 500 points for every time you hit the manhole cover. However, there are two civilians who will cause you some grief and loss of health. One is a man who's attempting to enjoy his bath time. He can appear after you've knocked a hole in the side of a building. This guy will immediately spray you in the face with his shower head, which causes you to fall and of course take damage. After that, it's a good idea to climb right back up that building and show him the error of his ways. By eating him. Also appearing randomly while you're making holes in the buildings is a reporter. When he pops up, you generally have a few scant seconds to climb or descend before the flashbulb on his old-timey camera goes off, blinding your monster and forcing you to fall from the building. One other danger isn't a civilian, but a stick of dynamite left behind. You only have a second to get away before the blast not only damages you, but it too will force you to lose your grip on the side of a building where you'll plummet to the ground the players in rampage will uncover all manner of items when busting down the walls of the various hotels banks and apartment buildings they come across some are edible and some are not consumable items that not only give you a little health boost as well as 175 points include glasses of milk turkeys bowls of fruits melons hamburgers tea and toast although When you uncover a toaster, you will have to wait until the toast pops up, or it will damage your health instead when you eat it. I mean, chowing down on a metal toaster can't be that good for a monster, right? When you accidentally chow down on something that you shouldn't have, the monsters will momentarily grab their throats and start coughing horribly. While you won't be eating them, there are collectible objects. These items just give you points like the safe or money bags they will earn you from around 100 to 500 points with the safe though you will actually bust it open by punching it after punching again to collect the money within it the safe will go flying out of the hole to the ground below and damage any tanks it makes contact with last but not least are what might be labeled objects that are safe to punch once uncovered these include toilets fish bowls Flower pots, which also fly out and do damage if they hit tanks, as well as TVs and light bulbs if they are off. Otherwise, you will take damage by touching them. You also can't touch the poison symbols or cactuses without your health suffering for it. On some of the buildings, you will come across neon signs for all manner of products. They will blink on and off. Smashing one of them when off will earn you a whopping 1,000 points. But if a player punches a sign by mistake when it's on, you get 1,000 volts. And the shock of seeing your monster electrified and your health drops down quite a bit. During the game, if a monster falls into one of the bodies of water, they will slowly begin to lose health. Your speed is slowed down quite a bit too when underwater. So you have to try and reach dry land as quick as you can. Thankfully, there are bridges you can cross, and as long as you don't jump on them or fall on them, they will hold up. In later stages, players will also need to be wary of storm clouds that will occasionally release bolts of lightning to strike the players. In addition to punching, there is one other attack that monsters in Rampage can do to the buildings. This is actually something I wasn't aware of until sitting down to record the podcast. If a building has taken a bit of damage, players can climb up to the roof, hit the jump button. Making sure to pull back in the opposite direction you are jumping, it will allow your monster to have a short jump. And if the building's about ready to topple, you will see the foundation of the structure start to crack, the windows burst out, and the building will come tumbling down. Friends, there is actually one more edible item in the game, and that is your fellow players. After a player's health has been depleted, they will sit on the ground. The monster will then revert back to their human form, going from giant to smaller to nude and embarrassed in just a few seconds. You don't even have to look up at the health bar to know when this is about to occur. When a player is about to transform back into a human, you can hear a heartbeat sound, as well as the fact the monster will begin to look disheveled. After transforming back to human form, the character will quickly attempt to slink off to one side of the screen. If you have added credits, you can transform back into a monster and continue your rampage. Otherwise, you can be a tasty snack and earn another player 500 points for eating you. Although I use the term nude very loosely, as you might imagine, back in the day, it did cause a little backlash when it was revealed. Why don't you listen to Brian Cullen explain it?
0: Once the monsters shrunk, obviously they weren't wearing clothes when they were monsters. Uh, they had to be nude down there. So I did a little nude picture of men and women covering their... Private parts, such as they were, and actually we had a fair amount of backlash over that. Here we've got something with that—you know—her hips are only three pixels wide, so I defy you to point anything out if you could find it. But we actually got some. You can't do that. These people once they found out they were there was a backlash, but uh, it was—it was more just—you know—talk. It—it didn't hurt us in any way.
1: Rampage truly was an arcade success and naturally had ports to the popular home consoles and computers of the day, like the Atari 2600 and Atari 7800, both developed by Activision. The Commodore 64, as well as Amiga, the Apple II, Amstrad CPC, and the Atari Lynx got ports. The Atari Lynx actually allowed four players to play with an additional monster, in this case a giant rat, which was named Larry. Ports were also delivered to both the Nintendo Entertainment System as well as the Sega Master System. Rampage was also included in the Midway Arcade Treasures and Origin Editions for everything from the Dreamcast, Xbox, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, the Nintendo Game Boy Advance, Sony PSP, and of course, for PC. That is not to mention the sequels generated, like the arcade title, Rampage World Tour. The success of that arcade game, when it was ported to home consoles, led to home console exclusives, which included Rampage 2 Universal Tour, Rampage Through Time, Rampage Puzzle Attack, and Rampage Total Destruction. These titles offered even more mutated monsters to choose from, ranging from Ruby the Lobster to Harley the Warthog. And now, these messages.
0: And page. become George VIII, Lizzie the Lizard, or Ralph the Wolf. Crush the concrete, trash a trolley, snack on a soldier, have an office building for lunch. It's all the mayhem you can handle.
1: Coming to a screen near you. In over 4,000 colors. With full stereo sound. Portable video game screen in the world. Free. Only on Atari Lynx. Batman Returns. A $50 value. Free with any purchase of the Atari Lynx game system. Now for a limited time only. Believe it or not, friends, there is a brand new Rampage arcade game out right now. Rampage 2018, which was developed and produced by Raw Thrills, which can probably be found at your nearest Dave & Buster's. Obviously, based on the 2018 film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it allows one to three players to start smashing cities while playing the film versions of Lizzie, Ralph, and George. The film definitely looks like it will be one giant popcorn film, something to have a blast with, fun and exciting as big screen monsters go to town on an unsuspecting city, as well as each other. In all honesty, that is why I picked Rampage as the subject for this show. It should be in theatres by the time this is published. I hope it's not too egotistical to say this episode might be a nice way to spend your time waiting in line to see the film. At the Arcadia Retrocade, we got Rampage a little bit before we first opened the doors to the public. In fact, Shea Mathis, the owner and manager of the arcade, took one of our friends with him to pick it up in Kansas City. The original owner had actually been in the military, but sadly had passed away. His wife and daughter were selling off his home arcade collection. Interestingly enough, this guy also had an actual bunker built on his property, complete with radio setups. Shea was told that the kids on the block assumed he was secretly still involved with the military, reporting any kids that happened to act up. I can tell you that Rampage is a very popular game at the arcade. All ages enjoy playing it. And just like when I was first introduced to it at the bowling alley, it doesn't take too much before the entire game becomes a slugfest. And friends, I think that about brings us to the end of this episode. You can find out more about the Arcadia Retrocade by visiting their Facebook page. Or, for almost daily posts, you can check out the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast page. I share all manner of vintage arcade and home console fun multiple times a day. If you have any feedback or comments about the podcast, you can always reach me on Facebook. Or, throw me an email at vicksage at retrous.com. You can also find me posting videos of the arcade on my Instagram account, which is simply Vic Sage. I, of course, want to thank The Retroist, not just for hosting the show, but providing a spot on the internet where you can visit throughout the week to find some of the best retro-related articles and podcasts. The Diary of an Arcade Employee is, of course, available on iTunes. So, if you have a moment, why not help us get the word out on the show by leaving a review and some comments? Until next time, have a token on me as you hear a clip from the subject of a future episode. This has been a Retro-Us production. Thank you for listening and have a better one. Goodbye.
0: George? You okay? Ready to do this, buddy? End of line.